check. You ready? Yeah, we're doing it. Episode 411. Bush did 411. 411 was an inside job. 411's a great band. Investigate 411. <laughs> know that you will only be down, down. I know it's 311, by the way, so. Chill. Something, 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 something. Those guys are great musicians. I yeah. Just, I just don't enjoy. No. I like. A I did it at songs. first. I like a couple songs, mm-hmm. um, but I just don't really enjoy their whole vibe. No. It was very, I don't know. God. 411. Okay. I've already written down Investigate 411 as a potential title. <laughs> it's been a couple weeks. Took last week off. Went and... Um, Saturday, I rec- me and JMO did some recording. Yeah, it's uh, that's that, that's it's going to be good. It's not going to be good for some a couple of dipshits in hollers in West Virginia. It's going to just be good. Awesome, I think. If you like the things that if you if you already are predisposed to liking the type of music that I play, then you're going to be very happy whenever this thing comes. Sure. Out. If you don't, sorry, I don't. Yeah, know what don't to be say. sorry. Fuck them. We're just doing like. Um, I don't know. It's uh having whatever sound you want, instrument you want at your disposal via computer or otherwise. JMO has shit that I didn't even know about. He's mm. got a fucking mandolin. Can he play all of them? We can figure it out. If it's got strings, we can figure. We can pluck. We can mm. we can do things. Maybe not play it, but you know, um, banjo, mandolin, <clears throat> multiple basses, multiple keyboards, upright bass. Um, he doesn't have one of those. Those are really cool. Those are very cool. Um, trombone. Um, sister has a clarinet that he could borrow, I think he said. Or was it some sort of saxophone? I'm not sure. Saxophone. Um, and then all you have the breadth of instruments that are on the computers, which is also insane. Then you have all my guitars and all his guitars. I think it's going to turn out very nice. A uke. I do have a uke. I haven't... Th- I thought about doing like a writing one on the ukulele because my last one had a ukulele song on it. Mm-hmm. And I don't have any. And he used to love the uke. Offhand that could be a ukulele song on it. Hmm. I don't know. I might have to th- think about that. We've already got 10 songs planned out. So to go much more than that would just seem to be self indulgent. Well, you could do 20 and you could do a use yeah, your do illusion. Yeah, do a double album. Do you use yeah. your illusion thing? God, that that would take so long cuz we're already What a pretentious. We're already a year into shit. this and we've only got two songs that I think are finished. They might need a little bit of tightening up here mm-hmm. and there, but there's only two What's songs. What's the process? It sucks I mean, so bad. And if we could do this 5 days a week, which we can't cuz we both work. Right. Well, that's the that's the difference. Yeah. That is the difference. It sucks. It's like me wanting to be a you know a forty five year old boxer. I have to fit in, get in where I fit in. Yeah. Are you wanting to? Are you thinking rough and rowdies tomorrow night? No, man. I'm. I'm not. If you want to do the, I'm rough too and old. No, you're not. Well, and those guys are huge. The weight class I'd be in. They're they're gigantic. That dudes. is true. But also, also rough and rowdy has some good fighters. Yeah, some. They, they also yeah, they have do. some bad fighters. They do. I can knock out. I'm pretty sure I can knock out at least a couple of them. Yeah. I mean, I broke. I broke the speed bag. I mean, I'm from your speed or just fucking hitting it. Do you have fast hands? I can actually do the speed bag. Okay. Like I can't do it like they do on the movies. It's more like this, you know, and it doesn't make that sound, but it's definitely going. And I and that's after yeah, you can keep if you can keep it going. That's pretty good. That's after really trying it just for a day. 
So there's some natural ability there, but what I can really do is hit really fucking hard. Mm -hmm. So like you're like a, a short white Deontay Wilder. <laughs> Damn it. You're not even, I'm not, I don't mean to say that you're actually short cause you're five, nine. I'm, I'm average like, height. That's average height. Right. But compared to me, you're, sh I wouldn't even say you're short. I'm four inches taller than you. Yeah. My brother's a few inches taller than me mm -hmm. and I don't think I'm short. Mm -hmm. And then there's George Murison. He's taller than everybody. Sure. Shaq. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I just, you know, when you hit hard, like, cause it, it's like when you get a hold of a, when you have a good rip on a baseball, yeah. you don't feel the, the bat in your hand whenever you hit it. When you punch someone or something and you know, you hit hard, it, you don't really feel it on your, on your knuckles. Plus I've been doing just like fucking crazy shit. Like I got a plate steel with the plant and, and, just, and hit it with my hands. Yeah. So and I'm not talking like this. I'm talking like. You know, tough, toughens up the yeah. old knuckles. Yeah. So when I fucking hit, you know, just I feel like more fighters should probably do that. Yeah, I know in Thailand they do it with their shins on mm -hmm. trees, um, to toughen up their shin bones. Yeah. It basically causes little fractures and they heal over. You calcify everything exactly. on top of that, and some of those some bitches are cutting down small trees. Yeah, they're not like lumberjacks or anything. That would be hilarious if all their lumberjacks were doing Muay Thai kicks. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta get this house built. Yeah, yeah. Cut the tree down. <laughs> Is that the right accent? Sure. Why Is not? that was that sensitive? <laughs> no, not on this show. Um. Then uh, Sunday, me and the boys. We went and played some disc golf at uh, the fair woman, <clears throat> uh, me, JMO, Adam, and our friend, William Bailey, who is a 60 some year old feller. He's, uh, he's, he's, we call him the surgeon cause he carves the lines through the woods. He throws everything on forehand and he just, is he really good? He's, I mean, he's on any given day, he could win our division. And, you know, I've beat him a couple times in tournaments, and but he usually beats me because mm -hmm. he doesn't make any mistakes. Right. He throws it where he wants to throw it. And if he doesn't think he can get a birdie, he'll just throw it 150 feet out in front of him. He's Iceman. Yeah. Then he throws yeah. it around here, and then he'll he'll put it in. No big deal. I don't need a birdie on every hole. Um, <clears throat> but we started out off at Little Creek Park in the charleston south charleston whichever one that's a fun little course we had a good time there then we were like hey we want to play another round where should we go and william goes st albans st albans yeah it's a nice little course you guys will like it and uh he was baiting us into a trap this course was up and down a mountain you spent the entire first half going up the mountain yeah there's a hole that was it was only like 180 feet from T to pin, but it was uphill like that. You had to throw up, and it sucked. I think a couple of people got birdies on it, but the whole tens basket had was crushed. I think I got a picture of that tree fell on that some bitch and crushed it. And that speaks to just look at that. Jesus. Yeah, but you see the pole that the uh, basket yeah. was on? They make those things out of good stuff, whatever they, whatever it is. Looks like it's an uh, inch and a half um, galvanized steel. Mm. But, uh, yeah, he he uh, baited us into going there. I think I, I, I was wondering, does he even like us? Or we even have it to, <laughs> to sure. get us to go to that course? Yeah. That it was fun. It's one of those things that's not fun at the time, but it's fun to talk about later. Right. You know what I mean? Yes. Mm. This weekend, 
We're going to uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> what I keep thinking about is Ric Flair. <laughs> Charlotte! What? North Carolina! Wouldn't it be awesome if he showed up at the, at the uh, if he was the officiating? officiating he, threw it, he threw out the ceremonial <laughs> first disc. <laughs> I don't even want to know what the hell this is all about. <laughs> <laughs> I've been drinking since six o'clock yesterday. <laughs> I'm a terrible father. Play ball! <laughs> Uh, it's gonna be a bunch of. I think there's gonna be four or five West Virginians down there. Me, Jamo, Hillbilly Highway, buddy. I seventy seven. Will probably be more. There's just gonna be four or five that I know. I think it's me, Jamo, me, Jamo, Adam, Nikki, Aaron. That's five of us right there. The entire bar culture at Carolina Beach at one time was run by West Virginia bartenders and or managed by West Virginia people. The lady who ran the Fat Pelican, which you the should fat lo- Pelican. you should look up pictures of it. Just look up Fat Pelican Carolina Beach and look at the plethora of weird shit in this place. The pl- the lady who ran that was from Fayetteville, and she had retired to there like years before. I was going to do an image search of the Fat Pelican. Looks like a nice bar. It's a little dive bar, but it's really cool. There's the outside. Yes, sir. That's right there awesome. in CB. That is awesome. The history of this bar is, is that somebody stole a beer truck and parked it in an alley in Carolina Beach. So they built a bar around it. <laughs> and that beer truck is still in there. That's and awesome. that's the refrigerator of where you, you go in and buy your own beer from this massive array of selections. They give you a little cardboard thing, like a six-pack thing. You go and mix and match and get all your different beers and go sit down. And they have Scrabble, like Scrabble out and Trivial Pursuit things and like little fucking iron potbelly stoves in the winter. I really miss drinking sometimes. Yeah, um, I do too. It was fun. I've really considered like, I'm much more mature now mm-hmm. and all kinds of things. I, I, I really think about, you know, picking a bar and just becoming a... a, a uh, well, no, like going down and hanging out with my cousin and being like, let's go to the Fat Pelican. Let's go here. You know, yeah. let's go and have a couple beers. It doesn't have to get bombed out. I don't have to get bombed out of my mind anymore because I'm not afraid of anything anymore. If you want to do that, I will go with you and uh, make sure you don't drive. Make sure you don't drink too much. Sure. And uh, we'll have a great time. It's an idea. It's an idea. Let's kick it around. Just to see if you can see if you can handle having a couple beers and not wanting to go blah, blah, blah. No, I, I don't think that's going to happen. I just, I'm a completely different person now. Things are a little bit more settled in your life now. Things are better. Well, think about when we started the show, what kind of yeah. person I was. You were a real piece of fucking shit. Dude. We've been meaning, no, not really. No, I wasn't. <laughs> but I was definitely a person with problems. And then those have been, and this show helped me ease, hash them a lot of them out. Well, you're wearing a fucking shirt with the fucking uh, little logo on the, on the, uh, it's a polo shirt. It's a polo shirt. Yeah. I bet it's really nice material. It is. Nice flannel. It's not big enough, though. It's 2X. I'm still, even though I lost weight, I'm still too big for a 2X. Your shoulders are very wide. I know. <laughs> like, I've been boxing. I get down to my stance. I'm like, that's a big fucking target. So I have to kind of go like this. Yeah, yeah. you kind of got to stand sideways. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of fighting, uh, Johnny Bones Jones is coming back this weekend. It's pretty exciting. It is. Um, people are up in the air about how he's going to do. Um, well, he's now fighting at heavyweight. And before he was very dangerous fighter at, mm-hmm. at 205 pounds, he probably walked around at around 225. If he hadn't fought in a long time, 250, 235. Yeah. And he would have to cut down to 205 for the fights. Of course, that's going to, that, that takes, takes a lot of your strength. It takes out of a you. lot. Of, of course, you'd lose some weight 
in training camp. So mm-hmm. day of the day before and the day of probably cutting 10 pounds of water weight, which takes a lot out of it. Sure. Now he's walking around at about 250, 255. Doesn't have to cut any weight. There is a weight limit in the heavyweight division, 265. Mm-hmm. I don't think there should be. So now he doesn't have to cut any weight at all. He's had three years off to but he's old. He's 33. But that's old. Not that's not sport. for heavyweights. Is it not? No. Okay. Not for heavyweights. Well, I know Mark Mark uh Mark Hunt was fighting. Yeah, he's at, 45. He's yeah, he was still fighting a few up to a few years ago, doing yeah. pretty well. He still he doesn't do MMA anymore, but he'll fight in like K1 kickboxing and stuff mm-hmm. and he'll knock people the fuck out. Yeah. He still does. I've been studying. Um, Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, who else is still fighting? Uh, Andre Arlovsky still fights mid 40s, mm-hmm. maybe even late 40s by now. Heavyweights can keep going. Yeah. For some reason, even though big guys taking big punches, for some reason they can keep going until like uh, there's uh, Glover Teixeira. He's a 205 pound fighter. He won the title when he was 41 years old. Mm-hmm. His first. Light heavyweight championship, won at 41 years old, defended it a couple of goddamn times, and he just lost it a few months ago at 43. Yeah. So you can keep going. It's fighters just, can really, because now there's the ethical question, should they fight that long? I don't think they should. I mean, because you're really taking a lot de- of shots. Depends on the fighter. Depends on how you train. Boxing, is ta- you take a lot of shots. Yeah. So it's, you know. If you train full, full bore like you're, it used to be back in the day when you were sparring, you were just fighting. Mm-hmm. You were just taking, you were fighting him as though you were in front of 15,000 people at Madison right. Square Garden. They don't really do that as much anymore. Well, that's not a good idea to do. I mean, I've sparred a little bit, and um, for one thing, I really like getting hit. So I really <laughs> oh, do. Oh, we're figuring some things out here. <laughs> like, people hit me right here. I just bang. I'm like, mm-mm. You know, I just keep <laughs> I mean, but that happened before. Like, I did have a... I told you about that movie moment I had in Charleston when that guy almost hit my ex-wife, and I backed up and I said, "Hit me!" <laughs> Bang! I was like, <laughs> "I mean that that was trying to come out of me back then." Um, no, and I, and I like it, but we don't go not trying to kill each other. You, you might throw a good punch in there to sting, or you know, crack a little yeah, bit, you but can, you don't fucking I would try to kill say each other. Go half power to the body, quarter power to the head. That's yeah. what I would think sure. is how they do it. Just touch each other up, right? Don't try to murder each other. When I'm fighting John, so it's yeah. John is quick and tricky and long and, and yeah, and I just have to bulldoze him. So I just got to take shots. So you got to take two to get one. Exactly. But I came over with an overhand left the other day, and he was just like, and he was teaching me how to throw that punch. He's like, arm was like, ah oh, man, that, he says that's a good one for you. I was like, yeah. That's was he holding pretty, the, the mitts? yeah? He's holding the mitts. That's cool. Yeah. Um, my left cross is really fucking powerful like um, my left hook though is what broke the speed bag it mm. broke the fucking this it broke the screws out of the fucking plywood <laughs> it's like boom and it just hit him a ch- and i was like oh fuck and i didn't mean to do it you know, it's like laying in pieces i'm like picking them up and put them on the thing i didn't mean to do it you know was it at the uh it's at golly bridge i oh, told okay. him i messaged him and told him i'm sorry i broke the speed bag i actually knocked the punching bag off the chain uh pretty early on but that could have been any matter of things i'm not saying i powered it off could there have been but hooked good enough could have but man if they're if they weren't weighing it i was knocking that thing across the fucking room so you know i, I go with but also i've been studying jack dempsey's punches jack dempsey 
Dude, you talk about a fucking just technician. Brutal, brutal ass fighter. He did this thing with like the trigger step. I put all my all my weight on my on my front foot and then you just lift it. And then it drags you into the punch and your back foot is is trying to compensate and you just turn a jab into a fucking power punch. Bang, you know, just fucking so what I, my favorite thing is to lead with that right, mm-hmm. which is my, and then just come over with the left. And the way I figure it is, I've got a good one, two, three, four, five, a good five punches. My goal is not to fight in the ring. My goal is to knock a motherfucker out if he threatens my family. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm confident I can do that. Jack Look Dempsey. at that big old Irish face on him. <laughs> He's an Irish Mormon. <laughs> That's a funny combination. It is, dude. Look at that shit. Boom. He fought heavyweight, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He was he was, at, at that time he was six 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 feet tall, 195 pounds. Big fucking dude. Yeah. But the first guy he fought was a giant, and he about beat that dude to fucking death. With the little gloves they had. I know, dude. Too. It's basically a strip of fucking leather with a pillowcase shoved in it. I mean, it's just Man, that's the best feeling in the world is like, just go over the heavy bag. I'd be lifting weights and there'd be, I didn't do it to show off to people. I just do it because I like doing it. And I'd just go by the the speed bag and boom, just fucking knock the shit out of it. And everybody looks around. <laughs> I have no illusions. I, I, I couldn't win a tough man. I mean, you could win a tough man. I don't know about that. Three one minute rounds. It's only a one minute round. Well, fuck, everybody's gassed by that time. I've been sparring with John for three minutes. Yeah. So you could win. I'm not saying you should. I'm not even sure. I think the cutoff for tough man is 40. Yeah, but I'm way too old. Rough and rowdy, I think you can fight in it until you die. Damn. Um, It's all luck of the draw. I think there might be experience divisions, maybe mm. even weight uh, of... Uh, Age, age division, like masters and stuff. Masters, and then they have an experience level, just like in disc golf. We have five or however many different. Divisions oh, so experience is in everybody's the same skill level. Yeah. You walk it in okay. different skill levels. But what's to keep somebody from lying? Honor system. Yeah, pretty much. That's what we have. Disc golf. Um, you cannot join the PDGA, so you don't get a ranking. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have a ranking, you can you can uh, you could have been playing for twenty years and just decide to go down to the. Uh, the novice division and just clean house if you want. But see, no true sportsman would be satisfied with that. Nobody, no. Any somebody who has a disorder would be. It's like this: I like on a video game being godlike and having all these weapons and shit, mm-hmm. but only for a very brief period. Then it just gets to be boring. There's no challenge. There's no fun. You know. Yeah. Sometimes I feel bad for playing in the novice division, even though mm-hmm. I suck, because I'll see some other people you that don't are, suck. I do suck at disc golf. I mean. Comparatively to like the pros, Dude, I do suck. you've been playing for a long time and you take two it years. Um, but um, like I feel bad for playing novice, even though I'm not very good, because I'll be playing on a card with somebody else in the uh, in the tournament, and they'll um, they'll just almost have no idea how to throw. They just like I played a couple weeks ago and it was fun, so I decided to thing like okay, that's actually a novice, but there's a rating system that tells you when you should move, you have to move up or Mm -hmm. down. So I was just like, I I mean, everybody else is following the rating system. So yeah, I I think that those things, especially in the manner of sport people, you're going to have people who, and I, and I'm a firm believer in this. I I know there's some really mentally unwell people out there that transition Mm -hmm. to be able to win sports. 
a lot of people think that a lot of the trans stuff is autogynephilia, which is just people get turned on by dressing like women. Like a lot of the ones that you see <clears throat> um, that don't have the surgery. If you have the surgery and you go through with it, I believe you. Sure. I believe you. I mean, I believe a lot of people that don't. I believe anybody who, if you want to be happy, good for you. I mean, I'm not, I don't think there's anything wrong with it, but there's, there is that thing before we go. I'm sorry, but no, you we go off on the tangent about competing. That's just not fair. And we all know it's not fair. So. Autogynephilia. Let me. I want to make sure I'm getting this correct before I say, but like it's a disorder. Autogynephilia is defined as a male's propensity to be sexually aroused by the thought of himself as a female. It is, it is the paraphilia that is theorized to underlie transvestitism and some forms of male to female transsexualism. Hmm. So a lot of the people, like a lot of people are um, saying that that uh, swimmer, is has that because the people that she swam with the girls that she swam with were saying she would just walk around in the locker room cock out and you know and they couldn't say anything about it right but maybe she really does feel like a woman and who am i to say but like if you're making everybody else in the world that you inhabit uncomfortable I, I don't know that everybody else has to participate in your thing. That's what that's what you I'm know? saying. I, I don't think it's fair that a, yes. a minority has to tell the majority what to do. I mean, I don't think that's the way things should be. Yeah, it's a tough one. It is a tough one because I, I'm a I'm an ally. I believe uh, everybody should be happy. You know, I believe everybody should do what they want to do and all that stuff. But um, I've talked with others, and they think that there should be that they should have their own separate category. That makes things that makes the le- play, playing field nice and level. But then, are there going to be enough to actually have a category? You know, doesn't matter. I mean, there's a uh, transgender disc golf person who a lot of people think just switched divisions to to nuke the girls, win. and she won one only won one tournament last year, and um, everybody was like, "Yeah, good job, uh, whatever," and. The there's a FPO female pro open for the professional females and there's MPO which stands for mixed. Mm-hmm. So she could play in the MPO if she wanted to because it stands for mixed, but she'd rather have a better chance of winning in in the female division. A lot of people think she has switched over because because she would have a ch- better chance to win. And she's not very good. Is her money at stake though? In professional, yeah. How much? Um, you win a tournament. The one she won, she probably won five grand. See, the law of Freakonomics is mm-hmm. if there is money at stake, if there is bragging rights at stake, if there is the adoration of your peers at stake, people will cheat. Yes. So, um, I just I was offering that to you if you want. Something. Oh, I'm good. I just had okay. some. Thank you, though. But I forgot to, you know, and I wasn't trying to keep it for myself. No, um, no, no. I would never, <laughs> I would never accuse you of that. But um, they use sumo. the the best The best example is sumo wrestling. It is a religious. It has heavy religious overtones. It is something that cheating is looked at with such disfavor that they would have killed you for it mm-hmm. hundred years ago, and still would like to do that now. The yakuza would probably do it if they could get fucking a hold of you. It is such a massive scandal. They still cheat. 
They figure because there's money on the table. Yeah, we figure um, in disc golf, if there's if like we're in the novice division and there's just somebody that's way better, Mm -hmm. not that they had a good day, but they they didn't join the PDGA, so they don't have a rating. And you look back at their past tournaments that they played, and they're just fucking smoking everybody in in the novice division. You're like, well, this guy needs to move up. This isn't fair. Mm -hmm. And they call him a sandbagger and all this shit. But there's not really anything you can do about it. No, I mean that's that's up to that person's morality. But they're going to be disliked by their peers. That's a powerful thing. One of the ones that I there is this girl in CrossFit. She competed last year at 17 Mm -hmm. and placed in the top six. She is extremely muscular. Mm-hmm. All that stuff. Does she have a name? Emma Lawson is her name. I was willing it's to give. Name. I was willing to give her the benefit of the doubt about PED use until I saw her do this one event, like training for it. There is no way. And also, when you really examine it, I, I went through this whole thing in my head because it really bothered me. As a matter of fact, it disturbed me. Yeah, dude. I mean, and that's not even there's there's a video of her doing a uh, a log lift thing, and she's jacked, absolutely fucking jacked. She has ab ab veins. Mm. That's just virtually impossible. So, I think the true marker of it is that yeah, that's. I mean, she looks tremendous. She really she looks does. Great. She's got a cute face, she, and she's a uh, and she works really hard at it. I, that's what I that's what I try to say about this stuff is her and Mal O'Brien and these other young athletes. They really work hard, and to them, I'm I know this is the way it works. They don't see it as cheating. They see it as competing. Mm-hmm. They see they don't think I'm cheating. I'm taking drugs. They're doing like I have to compare get, uh, compete against Tia Claire Toomey, who is on so much HGH that she's getting bubble gut. So if I have to take something to match her to be in this thing, then I'm not cheating. I'm only leveling the playing field, and that's what happens. What's this log lift? I'm gonna look up. Log lift. Uh, it was on uh, log lift training. Emma Lawson. It's probably on uh, YouTube. Mal O'Brien is even more jacked than that. Log lift is a weird one because you got this big old log and you got a couple handles carved out in there. I'm trying to find it. I mean, she's just really, and her and her features. If you really pay attention, her features have become masculinized a little bit. Um, and there's R slash Natty or Juice. I forgot about that's a nice Reddit post. Yeah, that's that's, that's the one. Subreddit. That's the one. And play that video. Look at that. Yeah. Her face there doesn't look too masculine. Her belly does. But the thing about it is, here's the thing about PED use with women, especially if they're not. And I'm not telling she's on, she's not on a massive dose of something. She's on a dose enough to see results and make her competitive, but she's not. See, that's another thing with CrossFit. These girls talk amongst themselves about what's going to masculinize, what isn't, what to take. All these things are they are competitors, and I think that they don't try to get an edge on each other with drug use. They say this is the sport we're in, and we're all on this stuff. Mm-hmm. So this is this what what the others take to be competitive. So it's almost like a an, an odd. Uh, link of honor is that they say we'll just take this stuff 
You know, because I don't even think, think they take it for looks. I don't even think they take it for strength. You know what I th- think they take it for? Recovery. Yeah. It's so fucking hard to recover. That is an indictment in and of itself of all CrossFitters. Females aside, you know, just the males too. By God, have you ever seen a lineup of them? The dudes are jacked to the fucking tits. They're all beautiful. And they're all just fucking, I mean, they could be on a bodybuilding stage. You think it's guys natty? <laughs> it's fucking, that's not real. That's got to be Photoshop. No, it's that, um, it's that stuff that they inject. That can't be. That guy would be dead. That's that's Photoshop. They probably goofed, goosed that up a little sure. bit. Sure. Um, but they all compete in this sport. And it's, you know, they're all, I can't remember where I was going with that. But is that her? No. That's God, no. Jesus. That's another one. Look how big her abs are. I know. That's a, that's a surefire. Uh, but no, what I'm saying is the recovery. If yeah, the you are doing good. Olympic lifts, swimming, biking, all those things, and you're doing it over a three-day period with no fucking rest, then absolutely you have to be on something just to recover from that. I'm not saying they're not the top 1% without it. They are. They mm-hmm. are definitely genetically, yeah. genetically exceptional. But they're also on something because that's the sport. So I'm not against CrossFit being completely with drugs. I just wish... As I've said before, be ad nauseum, that be 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 honest with the people who are your fans and stuff, and be like, "Hey, this is the lifestyle I choose," and it's and just lay it all on the table. Yeah, and it's like Rich Piana. I I admired him because he didn't bullshit people. Like you're on steroids. He's like, what are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, I'm on everything. I get I'm on everything. I can get my fucking hands on. That's the lifestyle I chose. Well, it's like um, Rogan and like Tom Segura. Sure, and all these guys have been very honest to where fucking getting old and i don't want to feel old so i'm taking tom Segura's on trt he's doing trt how much weight is he has he lost or he's down to about 205 now he looks really tremendous really yeah shit he does he said uh he started on trt and he took a big dose and he didn't feel any different like they gave him like this much like a big dose mm-hmm. every week or whatever every three days whatever it is it's and every week pretty much he went back to his doctor and, and the doctor toned it down a little bit gave him a smaller dose and he said that made him feel better well the thing about it is if you take too large of a dose your body brings up the estrogen so you're not getting the benefit from it you're they're actually canceling each other out i've learned this to my sorrow because i wanted to try to jazz it up i said well i actually stockpiled some at one point and shot a bunch of it Mm -hmm. it was not a good idea (laughs) i mean it didn't even feel good in the short term so in the long term, it messed with my emotions and all kinds of shit. I hated it. So just a regular dose I get. I would like him to up it soon because I'm starting to feel like it's not as effective as it was. But I got to tell you, man, my shoulders are really wide. I'm leaned down. You know what I mean? All the training and shit I do. And I'm able to do it. I'm back to the uh, the five sets of five, three days a week. Plus, I do an arm workout on top of it. Plus, I'm boxing. Plus, I do shit at work. Plus, you know, all that shit. I'm a 46-year-old man. I'm still able to do that stuff. Either I'm genetically exceptional, which I don't think I am. I think or, you are. Well, you're a genetic freak. No. You're, um, no, no. You're like Scott Steiner in that <laughs> way. Everybody knows. I, no, no, I might have... I think I have some genetic ability given it to me, and I and I do okay. But I'm not, I'm def, well. I didn't play college football. I didn't do any of those things, so I'm not that blessed. But I'm blessed enough that I have this endless endurance. You know that I can just. But that I think that's mental, because when I was messed up and my thyroid was messed up and my testosterone and stuff were messed up, you remember how hard I used to go at it, yeah, all the fucking time, and I wouldn't let anything get in my way, even though I wasn't seeing the results anybody else see. Now the results I'm seeing, I feel like I'm cheating a little bit because I feel like I just. 
started there. My cardiovascular system was so fucking out of whack from not doing any cardio. The first time I ran up the hill with John, I thought I was going to fucking die. So I was just like, I got to get that shit under control. Which hill y'all running on? It's the hill behind his house. Okay. And we balance on the log and stuff because he, he, that's important for fighting is to get your balance mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So it's a good idea. And, um, I was like, I got to get this shit in line. So I started, there's a set of stairs across from the stokers when I, when I stoke my furnace. It, for me to walk up it at first would get me really winded. Yesterday I was running up it numerous nice. times. Nice. And that's within three to weeks to a month. Also, it's helping my strength. Like usually my strength plummets when I lose, when I lose weight. And I know I've lost weight. I can tell. I mean, in my face, you can tell. Mm-hmm. Um, my strength actually has held and it actually started to get better. And I think it's because my cardiovascular system is finally fueling the muscles with the oxygen and blood that I need mm-hmm. as opposed to just losing weight and just eschewing cardio, at, you know, at all, at all costs. I don't want to do that shit. Now I'm just like, dude, that's what you got to do. If you want to fight and, and if you want to, you know, protect your family and something happens and you're going to fight a guy with wind who's got a little bit of wind, you, you, you can throw a bomb, but if you don't catch him with that bomb, then what are you going to do? So I was just like, I have to be able to set up and, and have a decent defense and be able to keep my hands up. Another thing is building my shoulders is keeping my big fucking arms up because we mm-hmm. were talking about that. Like they got so heavy that my arms were coming down because my shoulders just can't handle the weight. So... Yeah, I, I mean, I did notice my shoulders are getting really wide because I have to hold them up all the time. So You're, you'll see that a lot in uh, MMA or boxing. In the later rounds, the hands start to drop a little lower, right. and that's when they catch them. Exactly, that's when the guy that's in better shape will catch you. I don't think in the street that I'm going to have much of a problem at all. No. Like if I catch somebody with that fucking hook, it's lights out, Gracie. Mm-hmm. But. Um, if I were to fight, the really the, the scenarios I put myself in, like okay, me and Amanda, you are constantly thinking of these scenarios. I, I really love it. Well, sure, but Bruce Lee, <laughs> that's a Bruce Lee thing. I know. So, um, but it's also my own simple paranoia. Let's just be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, You're not paranoid if they are out to get you. Well, nobody's out to get me. I'm just thinking about the things. Uh, well, the, some, the, the difference out to get you. <laughs> what have you heard? Mm-hmm. No, the scenarios in the street, like me and Amanda were in D.C. I'm like, what if something happens? If you're not willing to fight for your mate, you're like, there's black people here. (laughs) Shut up, asshole. (laughs) There's homeless people. No, if if there's a like a crazy or something, or or even somebody cat calls her. If somebody cat calls your woman and you don't hit him, you're a pussy. I'm sorry. That I think that I think I really believe that. I'm trying to think if that's ever happened to me. I know guys have flirted with the girl that was my girlfriend at the time. Mm -hmm. Like Cause she'd be like at the bar sitting there drinking and I'd be over talking to my buddies and they'd be talking and then I'd walk up and she'd just turn around and lay one on me. <clears throat> then I'd look at him and be like, and he just walked yeah. away. <laughs> hey, that's a good, I'm talking about more of the guys that it's yeah, not necessarily like hitting on, on her. It's challenging you. Yeah. You know, and they do that. Assholes do that all the fucking time. If you can square up and hit a motherfucker and hit him hard and get it done, then that's a great thing. Also, if we go to the lake and we got a bunch of rowdies next to us, when we got, you know, the, the ba- lake is known for rowdies. Well, and we got the baby with us and all kinds of stuff and they're cussing and stuff. And you go over and tell them, hey, could you guys tone it down? We've got the baby over here. We don't need to be, see a bunch of cussing. We don't need to be drinking so much. Just could you please tone it down? Somebody's going to say something. Mm-hmm. So you have to be willing to square up and be like, if you don't stop this, I'm going to fucking hit you and be willing to hit them mm-hmm. and able to hit them. So I don't like violence. It makes me 
but it used to make me really nervous because I didn't have any confidence in myself. I knew I could throw a hard punch, but I didn't know how hard I could punch until I actually started doing it. Now I'm just like, man, if I hit somebody in the face with that fucking thing, that's really going to hurt somebody. Mm-hmm. And now it makes Break me more job. confident, more calm. It makes you more calm in any situation. It makes me more calm at work. Mm-hmm. It makes me more calm in the store. It makes me more calm. I, I, you know, I used to be terrified in the bar because I was constantly on, on, on red alert. That's why I had to drink so much. It's like I have to be able to be calm in this situation. Now I just be calm walking in. Hey, everybody, you know, mm-hmm. and just sit down and have a beer. And, you know, I, I really, it's a, it's, a, it's a blessing. It's something I should have gone into years ago, you know. Have um, you thought about grappling any? I have. Um, I really love boxing, though. I'm, I'm going to try one at a time. Like if I get my boxing game up enough that uh, John wants me able to def- defend kicks, which is a really good idea. Mm-hmm. So he said, I'm going to at least want you to do that. So we might get in grappling later, and if you want to learn, you can learn. If you don't, you know, we'll just keep – I'm going to go train with him tomorrow. He's an excellent coach. And um, it's uh, – I'm having a lot of fun with it, getting in shape really quick, you know, feel – haven't looked good in, in a while, I feel, um, even though I have studiously been avoiding mirrors. Like, I look in a mirror long enough to brush my teeth and stuff like that, then I do not look in a mirror again for the rest of the day. If I pass by one, I do not look at it. I'm like, keep going. Because I might get in that thing where, as I'm getting lighter, I'm getting smaller, and then you'll get bigger exia. Exactly. So, I and I also have a sweatshirt when I'm in the gym at all times. Because then, even if I'm tempted to look, it's like I can't see anything. So, then by the time I get down to a decent weight, then I can bulk back up and be stronger at at a lighter weight, and have that much more power to hit. You know, I mean, it's a it's a self correcting system. I just always wanted to lift heavy because I was scared of everything. You know. I mean, yeah. it's that whole childhood fear stuff. So now that I'm not so afraid of anything more, now I know I can defend myself. I don't need to have all that size anymore. You know, don't get me wrong. I'd like to get down to a weight and then, you know, maybe bulk back up. It'd be nice to have that. It's, it's, it feels good, you know, but also it was affecting my cardio really bad. Like I was, you know, you carry on that much extra. Plus my back is so big. That's another thing. I've worked for a big back so long, I can't defend mm-hmm. the fucking liver shot. The liver shot because my back is too big, I can't get my arm down. So it's like I have to get it down as far as I can, but it's just just wear a, a uh, an umpire's <laughs> at all times shield at all times. <laughs> yeah. It's a good idea. No, I mean it's uh, it's really we should have saved that for favorite for favorite things. I don't even know what started that whole. Uh, I took, we talked about John Jones and speaking yeah, of yeah, fighting yeah. the We're, Jake Paul and Tommy Fury fight took absolutely place last weekend. Tommy pieced him up real, real good. That's what I heard. I heard good jab. Good. Jab. I heard that it wasn't as close as the scores would lead you to believe. Um, Tommy Fury, I'd never seen him. He is a very handsome boy. He's, but he has that whole family has diminished calf syndrome like their yeah, calves are calves. like they have none i mean it's they're almost as bad as uh deontay wilder deontay wilder looks like a big guy stacked on top of a small guy yeah you know well john jones always always had skinny legs yeah and now i think his legs aren't that bad let me see images there's see. actually a uh here he is at heavyweight but a, l- a little bit of a chunk on a little him. bit of a chunk on him but i know he can hit Oh yeah. What oh, do you think about Tyson fighting? Um, he looks happier at a, at a, at yeah. a heavier weight. Yeah, like he's more at ease. How do you think feel about Tyson fighting Tyson Fury fighting uh, Nagano Francis? Yeah, in a boxing match, 
he will piece Francis up. Yeah. If it went to MMA. Oh, God. Not Francis. Fun, no. Not fun for Tyson. <laughs> no. um, but what is actually going to happen, I think, is Francis and Deontay. Francis could win that boxing match. I'm sure he could. Deontay's not a, good, not a very good boxer. He's not a very He's a very good boxer, but if he doesn't get you with the one hit or quitter. Exactly. And Francis can take a shot. Well, and also, Francis strikes me as a guy who will listen mm-hmm. to coaching. Yeah, he's, Deontay will not listen to coaching. His last fight, he fought Cyril Gain, the guy that John Jones is fighting on Saturday. And he took him down a few times. And he'd never been a wrestler of any sort. That's what, that's how people beat him in the past. They would mm-hmm. just take him down and waller him. Um, but Francis in the course of four months or whatever it was, learned to wrestle a little bit and took him down a mm-hmm. few times. Um, so he's coachable. Um, you got to watch the, uh, or listen to the Rogan with him to hear his fucking story. This dude, I've, he's, I've he's got a superhero. It's, it's, it's fascinating. Stuff. It, it is Conan. Yeah. It's Conan, the fucking barbarian. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah. But, um, the proposal was one boxing match with Francis and one, MMA fight with Francis, him and uh, Deontay. Oh, God. Yeah. I think Francis, I don't know if he will beat him in boxing, but he could beat him in boxing, but sure. he'll definitely beat him in an MMA fight. As soon as, because Francis throws good kicks too. Mm-hmm. As soon as he fucking throws that fucking calf kick, this new kick that they've been doing over the last few years where it, where it hits you in the calf. Mm-hmm. I've, you've seen people, there's like a nerve there. Yeah. And people get drop foot and they, all of a sudden, their leg doesn't. They just work. can't. They collapse. Yeah. They have to like dragging the foot across yeah. the ring. It happens just for a few seconds, but just a few seconds in that sport, you're fucked. Got a case of the dropsy. Yeah, um, we've been talking for forty minutes about essentially nothing. That's why it's a good show. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't have much to say about the Fury Jake Paul thing because I only saw a clip or two of it. Jake Paul is being a cunt. He is. He had a verbal agreement. Because he shot his fucking mouth off right before the fight, saying that he would pay Tommy double what he was going to pay him. Here's highlights. Now he's not honoring it. What a dick. And John is, and and John Fury, their dad, is like, pay up. You made the, you know how the Pikeys are with fucking bets. You better pay that fucking shit up. Or Tyson's going to come knocking on your door. That shit ain't going to be a fucking fight. That's going to be a massacre. That fucking jab Fury's got is just absolutely so crisp and does so much damage. His hook's good, too. Jake is no slouch. No, he is not beating any Definitely top guys, not. but he's no pussy. That overhand right of his is a devastating punch if he catches you with it. The only problem is he leans on it way too much. Yeah. His jab is nothing. You can see his jab is just not... He doesn't practice the jab. He practices power punches all day. So... Yeah, he's an just act- piecing him up. Tommy's man. an actual boxer. You can you can really tell. I love that combo, the one-two. Yeah, that's the fucking best. It's the, it's the most common the basic, and the best. The one-two. That's how Connor won all his fights. One-two. Did you ever see the combo that Connor threw to beat Eddie Alvarez? It looked like one punch. It was. Is Connor ever coming back? Yes. He shouldn't. He's coming back at the end of the year, I think September. <sighs> I don't think he should. He's fighting Michael Chandler. Um, 
Which might be a huge mistake, to be quite honest. Really? Michael Chandler is a bad motherfucker. Yeah. He's this little five foot six wrestler motherfucker that grew up wrestling, so he mm. never grew. And he hits so hard. Mm. And he's a top of the world, top flight wrestler. And he does not get tired. And Connor's been off for, broke his leg in his last fight, and mm. he's been off for four years. Jesus. He should have just hang it up. Three or four years. Patty Pimblett has just fucking fallen apart. He here's the you'll see the combo here. It's one of the most beautiful combos I've ever seen. I kind of like that. They get pumped. We need to. Hey Adam, we need to. Damn, we need to buy the fights Saturday. Figure out a way. This is a regular old cross. That wasn't even the one that finished him. Yeah, Eddie Alvarez was a great fighter. He just con he had nothing for Connor. That reach fucking Connor's got. Jesus, it's just, a one-two. Just a one-two. Yeah. And he snakes that fucking jab out there. He kind of does the trigger step, like he puts all his weight on that front foot. Yeah. And just really leans into that fucking jab. Connor would have been a great boxer had he wanted to be a boxer. Oh, that's the combo right there. Yeah. <laughs> that was a sick combo. Yeah. Let's take a look at it again. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. It's really, that last punch was kind of just insurance. Yeah. You got to make sure we're, mm. we're where we want to be here. Yeah. Uh, let's do favorite things. Sure. Got a lot this week. This party is hot! Favorite thing. Well, start off, I finished The Dark Tower. Sweet. Uh, the last book. Um, I got so emotional at work reading it. Because I don't know if you want me to... You're going to read it, so I don't know if you want me to tell you what's... Um, it doesn't bother me. Okay. Things. I'm reading the fucking Westeros books. Right Are you now. on Dance with Dragons yet? Not yet. Almost. I'm about that far. Um, there's a point in the book where... All the gunslingers get together. They've been pushed off into different worlds. Like Father Callahan, I don't remember if you remember Salem's Lot. Mm -hmm. There was a priest in that called Father Callahan. Father Callahan is in the Dark Tower. Hmm. So him and Jake, who is the the kid um, from the from the gunslinger, um, go into this place called the Dixie Pig in uh, New York, and that where these vampires are amongst other things, vampires. Tahin, which are, we'll get into this, like how, why this is a flawed love of mine, but I love it so much. Um, they are, amongst other things, roasting and eating a human baby on a spit. Hmm. Very disturbing scene. So Jake and Father Callahan come in. Uh, Father Callahan has a Ruger, that a Ruger 45 that Jake took from his dad when he stepped into Roland's world. And then they have these things called Arezas, which are like aluminum plates that are sharpened to one edge and you throw them and you can fucking cut through virtually anything. So Jake and him go in there and they're fucking piecing these motherfuckers up. You know, he's throwing the plates, decapitating them. Father Callahan's fucking, you know, getting off rounds. 
and then the vampires, and then and then they're just going to get overwhelmed. So um, Father Callahan uh, sacrifices himself, and he's got this scrimshaw turtle. Scrimshaw is I don't know if you know what that is. It's a uh, it's bone that's carved into it's it's essentially ivory, and um, he's got a cross, and they're both blazing with white light, and he kills a lot of these vampires. All this stuff, but then at the end he turns. Yeah, it's really cool stuff. It, at the end he turns the gun on himself and kills himself. Hmm. Then uh, Roland Scrimshaw rules. Y- Roland and Eddie go to meet Stephen King himself. <laughs> it is very meta, but he discusses it and he said, "I think it's a disgusting plot device when it's not used properly." He said, "I felt I needed to use it because I'm in their world." And he said, and constructing a lot of it. So I felt like I had to do it. And he said, I, and, and, and again, he's one of those guys, like I've said before, where he is only reporting in, on what is happening. He is not making it up. He is reporting it. So they go to meet him, save his life um, at first. And then uh, Eddie Dean, I love him. He was, a, he was a heroin addict at one time. He had a really domineering older brother. Um who made fun of him for everything because Eddie was better at everything than he was and Henry couldn't handle it. So he used to just fuck with him. Like anything Eddie would do, like they were playing basketball, Eddie would be beating him and Henry would, you know, throw an elbow or something like that and do just big brother bully shit, you know. But and then he saw a quick cry and it was just, you know, that kind of shit. That that shit. I was never bullied. My brothers did not bully me. I absolutely was. So um I might have actually done some bullying. But it's understandable why I did it. But anyway. Because um, they're weak and they need to be put in their place. <laughs> That's why. No, because I was bullied, so I had to bully in turn. Um, then they go and meet Stephen King in 1977. Then they go back to 1991. Again, only it's Jake. What a great time to go back to. Dude, when he's discussing it, it makes me ache for those times. It's They're so fucking... I love the book so much because it is, it's also a lot of nostalgia. 77 New York, when they're talking about walking down the street and the fucking everything's going on. I mean, it's just so much... The books are so much fun. He's so good at conjuring a scene. Um, But they go back to stop this thing from happening. It's when Stephen King got hit by that fucking van. Mm. So what happens is Jake dives in front of him and he gets killed and pushes Stephen King enough that he only gets injured and doesn't get killed. Then they come back to, and then dude, that's after though they're, they're fighting this in this place and they're, you know, Susanna, Roland, Eddie and Jake are all together and they're, you know, all the gunslingers are back together and they're fucking hammered out, buddy. they're killing all these motherfuckers and just mowing them down. And, then uh, a guy they think uh, got killed uh, reaches up and shoots Eddie, and he dies horribly. Mm. He's laying on his back, you know, fucking hallucinating, you know, all kinds of shit. And, and Roland comes in and talks to him. I was a fucking mess reading this thing because I feel those things so deeply. And I forgot what a great book it actually is. You know, it got shit on. And I feel if somebody doesn't like it, they have a right and a and and a case but especially the ending where they were dealing with some of the villains the villains went out with a thud and they didn't go out you know like a great villain should roland had this son that a demon had pulled out of him and then put into Susanna, who was half spider and then he like 
died and uh, Roland ended up killing him. You know, um, not before though, there was a little thing called a Billy Bumbler called Oi, which is like a dog type thing. And it grabbed this thing's leg and was keeping it from killing Roland. And then he, he got killed and then Roland had to bury him, you know, and he was, he's holding him and he's just petting him and he's crying. It's this whole fucking thing, man. And at the end he gets to the dark tower and, at first, there was just going to be an ending where the dark doors of the Dark Tower open, and that was going to be the end of the book. He wasn't going to do anything else. But then he felt, well, some people are going to wonder what was in that Dark Tower. So he wrote this whole thing, all the things Roland saw. His whole life was in this Dark Tower. Every level was a different part of his life. And at the end, he goes through the door at the end, and it opens up onto a desert. And then the last line of the last book is the first line of the first book. Oh, the man in black fled across the desert and the gunslinger followed. And that's the fucking end. Only this time things are going to be different, a little bit different cause a wheel. And you kind of feel bad for, um, Roland. This is the first, book. that is the first book. Are they all this readable? Like, no, no, the dark tower is like 800 pages long. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm going through some 800 page books. Right you have. Um, that's the biggest one too. Uh, the Wolves of the Call is a pretty good book, but it's like the Magnificent Seven. So you talk about a great fucking book. I love it. That that is an edition I didn't think I would get. That has original Michael Art, Michael Whelan art I'm in it. I'm noticing that. That's pretty neat. Michael Whelan is the fucking man. Did he did the art in the Dark Tower in the last one? Michael Whelan helped him write the book because he gave Michael Whelan some pages. He's like, what do you feel about this? And he said, he looked at him honestly. And he said, this does not work. You have to fix this. <laughs> That's cool. It's dude. He's his, his, his art is so I've showed you his art before to green angel tower. This is know, the first book. And that the is series? the first book. Pretty cool. Yeah. You'll like it. It's very different from the rest. My favorite book in the series still, although there it's been rivaled. Now I think by the dark tower itself is the drawing of the three. That is book two. And that's when he gets Eddie out of New York and Susanna, and they, and then in uh, the Wastelands when they get Jake, and then they start traveling. Um, the Talisman is a worthy Dark Tower. I'm reading all the Dark Tower books now. I, I, I've started. The Talisman it. is in that universe. It is. I think all the all of his stuff is in the, in the universe to a certain extent. Some things Pet Cemetery is not in it. Um, Carrie is not in it. Although some people think that The Shining is something that Carrie has as well. So, and The Shining. Is might be included. It is definitely the stand. The Tommyknockers could be considered in it because there's a character from the Talisman. The main character from the Talisman is in the Tommyknockers. Just very briefly at the beginning. I, I've never read the Talisman. I figure I've got a copy at the house. Should I read that before the Duffer Brothers make their version? Absolutely, of it? you should read that. Okay, it's a tremendous. And I don't have to book. have read anything before. After. No, it's a standalone. It's a standalone. There is a sequel after called Black House, which I thought was also a good book. It has much, many more Dark Tower overtones with. I didn't like it nearly as well as I did The Talisman. Mind you, I'm not saying Black House was a bad book. It's a good book. But one of the reasons it bothered me so much, there's a lot of child murdering and stuff in that book. Because so I will like, I'll read that one first. <laughs> because Albert Fish, if you've ever heard of him, he was a serial killer of children. Yeah. He is in it. Like he's, yeah. He is. He's so evil that he, he likes, he's this other thing. He has a twinner. In the territories, this other place is kind of like the Dark Tower type place. Um, it's absolutely, I mean, I, I love those books. Now I'm reading Insomnia. Insomnia, the book, is mentioned in the last Dark Tower book. He said that is the book that you should read that's the best not Dark Tower book that isn't in the Dark Tower. It's hmm. Insomnia. Also, also, Hearts in Atlantis. 
the character from Hearts in Atlanta, the one Anthony Hopkins played, yeah. is in the Dark Tower. Cool. Um, who else? Randall Flagg, who was the villain in The Stand, is a villain in the Dark Tower. He's also the villain in uh, Eyes of the Dragon. You might want to read first before any of it, because that's a fantasy. You know, try to veer into the fantasy path. He seemed like fantasy. It's definitely in the same world as Roland and all that stuff, and it's not, it's not very much bigger. I'm than not that. sure I like fantasy. I just think I like Westeros. I think I just like George R. R. Martin. That's fair. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure. I'm sure I think you I would like other it. fantasy. I mean, one thing lends to another. You know, yeah. I really think that you'd like Tad Williams' books, but you talk about writing and fucking by the pound. Tums. I mean, it's oh Jesus Christ! But Stephen King is guilty of that himself. Did you ever watch Castle Rock? I didn't. It is a show where all the things I'm aware of the in, yeah in his in Stephen King's books mm-hmm. are, are real. I'm sure there are Dark Tower references I'm in that. Sure. There are Dark Tower references in Doctor Sleep in the in the movie when he asks uh, uh, the guy who played took over Scatman Crothers, uh, Dick Howard, he's like, well, well, you know, you came back. He's like, cause a wheel. That's a direct dark tower quote. Cause like spirit. It is the, 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 the path of all things. So um, he says, cause a wheel. Also the fucking bus. I think it's cotet. Uh, bus lines or mid-world bus lines i can't remember which one see um he is doing now he has gotten the rights to do the dark tower long form it's going to be a show cool it's going to be great Uh, who's doing it uh it's going to be amazon isn't it i i don't know if it's going to be amazon it's i think it's being shopped around but the great part about it is it's it's the guy who did dr sleep and he also i mean and dr sleep was a really good movie it had its things that didn't work very well like i said i don't think that the girl was a very good actress um you know it had things that didn't quite work i love that book i forgot i'm have to get a copy of the shining i've been on a stephen king tear like I, i read all those now i'm uh plus the talisman i've read so many books in the past not even six months so Mike Flanagan and Trevor Mike Flanagan. Macy that's the one yeah. on the Dark Tower and leaving Netflix. So it won't be Netflix. I'm actually kind of upset. It's not going to be Netflix. Amazon. I think it would, I think it would fit Amazon. Amazon has had some uh, success. Hulu's had some some success. Eleven twenty two sixty three. That's a Dark Tower book. It is yes. Well, that's, that the show was awesome. I'm sure the book. Oh, was, yeah. is awesome. Um, I'm trying to think. Um. I think that Dolores Claiborne is a Dark Tower book. I think that, you know, there's so many and I would like to uh I'd like to read them all. These guys did some good stuff. Um Absolutely. Uh The Haunting, there's like The Haunting of This or mm-hmm. Haunting of That on Netflix, those series. Yeah. And Midnight Mass is a terrifying series on Netflix. I think the critical drinker talked about how much he liked that one. It's very good. Yeah. Don't know. Don't know. <laughs> he was talking today Go about away Ghostbusters 2016 and fucking hating it so bad. Um, Did you ever watch that? No. You should try it. We should do a watch. I really like them all. We should do a Patreon where we watch terrible movies and have people watch along with us. We can set up a camera right there over our shoulders. And talk shit. Sure. It'd be just like Mystery Science Theater, except for we're not trying to be funny. We're trying to be assholes. Right. And we're just giving also could be insightful criticism sometimes. Like, hey, this is why this doesn't work. Um, I can tell you why that whole movie doesn't work. Well, it's just pandering. Because the 
them being Ghostbusters really had nothing to do with it. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I have seen bits and pieces and have drawn enough from it to know what it's about. He says things that I don't agree with. He doesn't like Melissa McCarthy. I love Melissa McCarthy. I'm a big fan of hers. I like her. I like Kristen Wiig. I'm a big fan of hers. Leslie Jones is funny. There's no reason why this shouldn't have worked. Exactly. It's- the reason it didn't work is because it was light on the subject matter, mm-hmm. and it was heavy on the girl power, is what I think it, what I think it boils That's down it, to. And the humor is not very funny. Exactly. With all those skilled comedians on the screen, and you can't draw a good co- comedy out of them, I mean, Kristen Wiig, she can't catch a break. She was in Wonder Woman 1984, which is a steaming lump of shit. Just an absolute diarrhea Speaking of DC, though, I mean, on another tangent, uh, Netflix is going to be continuing um, Zack Snyder's Justice League. They're making part two. They really? sold those rights to them. Real James Gunn sold the rights to them. No way. Yeah. And Henry Cavill will be coming back to play Superman in that. I love it. That's great. Give me more. You know, I, I love the fact that they're rebooting. It's the best of both worlds. I get to see Henry Cavill be Superman for a little bit longer, and I get to see, um, you know, Jay, uh, James Gunn reboot and and correct the DC universe the way it should have been done. Um, okay. This is a Forbes article from January. Where to start with the new Cell Zack Snyder's Justice League to Netflix movie? This is... Is it unconfirmed? I think it's unconfirmed. I think this is what fans are trying to get done. Mm-hmm. Justice or uh, Zack Snyder just acknowledged fans demanding Justice League 2 on Netflix. That's also January 9th. So that you remember a few years ago when um, hashtag released the Snyder cut. Yeah. Started going around mm-hmm. and, and uh, like the people that were in it would start talking like tweeting about it and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, there, this is going to happen. Sure. The Snyder cut is going to happen. And then a year later it happens. Out. Yeah. Yeah. That that's the type of thing that's going on here. They're laying the groundwork, seeing how people fucking feel about it. Sure. There are a lot of people that loved his, his, I'm not, his I don't universe. think it was terrible. I had a good time watching. It, it was fun. Like the, the reworked Batman versus Superman was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. It's not good. The director, well, don't cut, get me wrong. I, it's, it's not great. Well, if you have a good time watching it, I think that kind of, I, 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 yeah, but we watched it together here. We got stoned. We did. It was great. I mean, it, but, it, but the thing about it was, is that I feel that DC, I knew what they were trying to do because the critical drinker talked about it and you know, it's confirmation. They were trying to be more heavy existential it didn't have to be so dark. You can make do existential without being dark. Mm-hmm. They just leaned a little too far into it, but that's Zack Snyder. All the shit is really dark. So you can explore Superman being this terribly lonely creature. There is nobody, you know, nobody else. He is the last one of his kind. He's, he's in here where he's, you know, everybody's too fragile except for like wonder woman and, you know, and other people like that, even though he could just rip her limb from limb if he wanted to. Um, the closest, person who would understand his pain in Martian Manhunter and they barely even brought him in. I was really looking forward to that. I love that fucking Maybe character. we'll see him in the next one. Uh, yeah, he was they were building him up in this in the Snyder you Cut. you this is happening. I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. Um, there's, there, because there's no reason for um, if they James can make money, Gunn, right. Like, the, yeah. You know, you know what I think? I think James Gunn had a hand in that. Probably. James Gunn probably liked that shit. Liked his movie. He liked, he likes Henry Cavill. He likes, you know, um, another favorite thing. Uh, the boxing. I'm really starting to just. I'll just be walking 
you know, just throwing punches, just walking around. I just love doing it. It's, it feels so natural and so easy at this point, you know, it, some, but it's not every day. Some days are hard. Like, um, I don't want to say John is a taskmaster, but he's a gentle taskmaster, but it, you know, when you're fighting it, you know, you got to do these drills. We got to do this, you know, and it's not just throwing punches. It's, How's your footwork? It, that's coming along. It's not quite. I figure being a former offensive lineman, your footwork would probably be okay. It's not as bad as some as some would think. Yeah, like especially when I have taught myself how to do the trigger step and things like that. I mean, I it only took me a couple of days to really Has learn. Has he how tied to do the rope it. around your ankles yet? Not yet. I mean, we do have the rope across the. You know, we have to dodge under. You, you know, you're just like rocking back and forth and then throw the uppercut and stuff like that. You've seen um, where they put the rope around their ankles so they don't step too, yeah, too wide. Right. If you step too wide, then you're a little bit off balance. Exactly. Um, and plus, you're giving up your power base because yeah. you can't throw. It's all from the hips. I've learned that too, man. People people who... It's all in, in the hips. Also, I learned the power line. You know, instead of turning it here, you turn it there. Like, because you're... The punch comes out almost like a Wing Chun punch, which is really powerful punch. And you can really, you know... It's tense to get into it. Yeah. But when you snap it at the end, for one thing, you get more reach. And another thing, you generate so much fucking force. So I just love doing it, man. You hit that heavy bang and just fucking knock it all over the place and shit. It's the best feeling in the whole fucking world. Especially when you're not just hitting the top. You can start steadily going down and start hitting the bottom and making it move. That's that's a great feeling. Um, I love watching videos about it. Um, I'm a big Jack Dempsey mark. Mike Tyson. I love his style. Um, Mike Tyson loved Jack Dempsey. He talks about oh, how yeah. much, you know, that all his peekaboo style is Jack Dempsey style, Mike, essentially. Mike Tyson, a lot of people wouldn't think so, but he's very smart. And he's, yes, he's he is. A, and he's an student. absolute student yes. of, of the sport. Watched all the videos, fucking did all the stuff. I feel like I'm, I, I do my due diligence. When I go throw punches at the heavy bag, I'm throwing 800 punches. It's uh, 10 sets of 20 on each hand. 20, 10 sets of uh, right jab, left jab, right hook, left hook. You know, that's pretty much all you can do. You can do a cross, but I just, you know, trying to keep it, you know, pretty simple. We're getting the teardrop bag, so I start throwing uppercuts. My uppercut, I think, is going to be a really good, really good shot. You know, I can start doing the overhand left. That's a really powerful. You're coming down, man. You're turning it. it it's a great punch. It feels so good to throw because you know how much you're fucking generating. I'm just really enjoying it. It has. I know I I have a tendency. I, it's just my way, I, I, and I can finally acknowledge it that I get carried away with things. I understand, but this is a good thing to get carried away with. Yeah, because it's changing me fundamentally. It makes me better, feel better. than getting addicted to heroin. Sure, by um, by, by leaps and bounds. Yeah, a big margin, <laughs> I would say. Because <laughs> you do have an addictive personality. Absolutely, and I this do. is a good thing to get addicted to. Mm-hmm. Um. It makes me exercise at work. It makes me uh, conscious of what I'm doing. It makes me get away from uh, trying to all the heavy lifting and bulking up and all that stuff because it is a hindrance. It is not a help. So um, I can still be big and strong and be, you know, a, a big, powerful guy. But these like power lifters and bodybuilders get fucking tuned up. Like they try to fight a guy, a boxer, and they get the shit kicked out of them because they don't know what they're doing. A. I mean, they're they're doing what I was doing. Well, I'm going to get big and strong. And that's going to make me fight. No, that don't make you fight. As a matter of fact, if you're stiff enough, it makes you fight less. So you can just get a guy maybe my size and you know just tag him a couple of times. And all you got to do is keep away from him and stay out of their way and just hit him. Um, dance dance around him. You know, like when they're coming at you, just sidestep and then crack them. And it's really not. I mean, like I said, it really feels natural. Um, so that's a, a big favorite thing. 
Um, the house is almost done. I can't wait to for you guys to come down and hang out. Um, got a giant leather or faux leather uh, lazy boy sitting in the uh, the old basement right now. I'm gonna kick back in that motherfucker you know when how I go nice home. That's and, gonna be in the summertime, dude. Because leather always stays nice and cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking about all the stuff we can do. You guys come out and we can, you know, cook out in the backyard. We could do the, um, we could do the, uh, the Dungeons and Dragons. Absolutely, because there's a game room in it. There's going to be a gaming table in the big living room. You know, you got the TV part, and then you got the gaming part. Um, my bedroom. We got the mattress today, so my bedroom's trying to get done. I can actually purchase some things and hang some, hang some pictures that I that I was given and like. Um. You know, everything, for a while, man, it seemed like everything was not going my way for the longest time, and now it's it's totally changed. Everything's so. turning up Millhouse. <laughs> um, other favorite things. I started playing this game uh, called Ghost Story, which is a ghost song. It is a Metroid-style uh, shooter. Mm-hmm. Dude, it is so... The music is so... Odd, so disturbing and lonely, and then sometimes it's like, um, you know, it's just really, really tremendous game. Um, if you can, you should look. Yeah, punch, punch up, and look some of it. Here's a four-hour playthrough. Just put it somewhere in the middle. We have food if you're hungry. It Not sounds much. like the critical drinker. Yeah. And roots mostly. It's it's such a it's an odd story. Um, you're on this planet with. There's not a lot of music at that point. Maybe they turn the music off. Um, because you can do that, but I don't know why you would. Maybe it's for like uh, sometimes music will get you flagged on YouTube. It's playing now. That soulful, haunting. You know, you can get different weapons. You can get different abilities. Like I've got that dash now. I've got the double jump. I've got all these cool cannons. I got a freeze cannon. I've got you know all kinds of cool shit. I can't wait. But it's really hard. It's a really hard game. So really enjoying it though. Uh, it's it's almost it's soothing in its way, but it's also somewhat disturbing in parts because there's a part of it where these like um, dead bodies and stuff. And this is just like an old school. Yeah, it's it's a Metroidvania. They don't make any fucking bones about it. They just. I love those games where they have taken something existing and turned something great into something great. So you get the, you had to get that fucking spear. You know, it's just I love the game, dude. Um, I've been playing it a lot. Um, trying to think what else. That's really. Oh no! Uh, really, have been listening to a lot of Face to Faces uh, music. They released an album last year, and they have this song. I, I wanted you to hear it called Anonymous, and it's. A four-minute... It's not even a punk tune for them. They're a pretty hardcore punk band, but it is more like an 80s rock song. So, yeah. It's called Anonymous? Yes. Okay, I'm looking at their discography. The last thing they put out was in 2016. No, that shouldn't be. They released an album uh, recently. You might want to look on YouTube. I'll just do Anonymous. Yeah, face-to-face. Um, it's a great tune. Um, I really like. Yeah, there we go. Pretty upbeat, and it's got a triumphant like chorus. And 
great bass work. I love that rumble bass they got, you know. get to a chorus yeah it's coming up kind of a longer song though they're usually about two minutes and out it's coming up here in just one minute and here we go It's good. I mean, it's nice and melodic. I thought you'd like it. Like yeah. it's more. You don't. You aren't such a fan of the punk sometimes, but that's just a rock song. Yeah, it's just a rock song. I love the fact that for some reason punk. Like I was listening to um, what I like about you by the Romantics. Yeah, it's right next door to a punk song. Yeah, I mean it's a lot of downstroke. It's a lot of just. What year did that come out? Nineteen eighty-one. Oh yeah, that's the neighbor to punk. Yeah, I mean it's they're all dressed in black suits. Um. It's just a fucking infectious goddamn tune, man. Hell yeah. Hey. Great. Uh huh. That's the drummer. The drummer's the singer. That's awesome. Yeah. They're all in line. They they come up and sing, and then they get back, and then they get you know come to the microphones all at once. I'm wondering if I would like more of their songs. I think they had one more, but they were pretty much a one you know one hit wonder. Um, then there's another song. Oh, talking in your sleep. That's them too. That's a great fucking tune. Then they it weren't. A, then they weren't a. Uh, and there's one called One in a Million. That one I don't remember. I don't either. That's a great fucking tune already, though. Almost got a. That's a punk riff. Yeah, I've been watching uh, a lot of the. Um, that's a great tune right there already. It's almost got a. I was watching a reaction video of Social Distortion, mm-hmm. and watching people discover Social Distortion is a great thing. Um, but then there's this other. You know, speaking of music, another favorite thing is there's this song called "In the Grass." Um. Let's see. Is it called by Vacationer? Hold on. Flashbulb? No, it's um No Spirit. That's it. That's the one. Let's try it out. It's on the Lo-Fi, Lo-Fi Hip Hop. It's fucking dude, it's one of my favorite songs I've heard on there. think there's a song we're going to use for just a specific part of the song like a lo-fi beat isn't it the best yeah it's it's, it's so much fun sounds like it's coming through uh off of a record mm-hmm. i just love the the the, the piano I this love is all piano. instrumental probably mm-hmm. i like this subject. it reminds me of the music that was on the uh the van gogh 
uh, interactive experience. And uh, mm. I went on a message board the other day, and somebody had put up something because I wanted to look it up because I really liked. I wanted to watch it again. Somebody said, "Beware! This is not the one in France." And I was just like. I said, I don't give a, I put in there, I was like, I don't give a fuck. I was like, my girlfriend bought me this, the colorblind glasses, and I went and watched it, and it was absolutely a life-changing experience, and had me, you know, in tears for much of it, you know, because it's just colors I'd never seen before. It's like, I, and the music, everything fit, and it was, have you ever had something so powerful that's almost, it almost makes you almost anxiety you know you're just like this is big this is like you know that's that's how it felt yeah you know so plus my mental my mental illness forces me to do things the same way over and over every day so when i went to another place doing all kinds of new things it was a jarring in a good way experience but you know at some points you kind of like tense up a little bit so yeah i'm a little nervous to be going to sure charlotte tomorrow yeah like I said, when I came back from DC, everything, and I'm back to this now, so I know I need another adventure and go someplace. Everything seems so big. You want to go with us tomorrow? You I don't can't have to play. No, I can't. I got a, I got training. I got you know all kinds of stuff. Um, we're doing stuff around the house. I appreciate the offer. Um, you should enter if you went. Oh you should God, enter. it'd be horrible. So somebody besides me would come and laugh. <laughs> um, I just. Everything around here seems so big. My life seems so big. And then coming back from there, everything seems small. Mm-hmm. Like, because I was on the outside world. I've been, you know, one of the major cities of the United States and one of the major cities of the world. You know, it's not a terribly large city, but it's the seat of our government. It's like two million people there. Probably. Right. And it's, but it's got all the museums. It's all this stuff. Such a wonderful experience. It was really cold. It's very memorable. You know, we got lost and couldn't find parking. It's all those things. And I got kind of upset, but I just love those things. You know, those memories I'm going to get to carry with me. So, um, see what the population is. Oh, it's only 712,000. Yeah. They're all commuters. Like all of them. Yeah. Most of them live on the outside. They live in West Virginia and they live in, um, quite a few do. Yeah. Boston's only 674,000. Yeah. But that's another one. Boston was a big, yeah. Uh, what I've been told before is that Boston's, you know, once you get there, he's like, this is it. And then they don't account for the surrounding areas like Huntington and places yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, there is a, there's a Charleston up there, uh, Charleston, Mass. Then the last thing I'm going to do is that video I sent you of uh, today of oh, Kyle yeah. Gordon. They got rules. He's fucking hilarious, dude. He's fucking retarded. I like him. He's he's the funniest. Uh, you go play that video, the, the British... Uh, there's quite a few that... Um, it's the one I sent you today. Yeah. Uh, gotcha. I don't have any hobbies, actually. This isn't a hobby. This is... My, no, you have to scan my back. entire life. A hobby... I don't have any... You know what Father always yeah, said? Come to two to tiddly tilts. No evenings complete without plenty of bims. You know, I met Mussolini on holiday in Mallorca. Actually, found him to be quite a colorful and eccentric character. <laughs> Let us retire to the grand ballroom for an evening of witty conversation, outrageous whimsy, and gay frivolity. I'd like you all to meet my dear acquaintances, Lady Bucklesby, Countess of Suffolk, Buckley. and Commander H.R.R. Bracegirdle, Duke of Strawberry. <laughs> we had a terrible row, and she accused me of being a homosexual. Steady, old boy! I may have overindulged in the sharing. Quiet! Stop it! Stop it in there! <laughs> Apologies, I just had to silence a sexual thought. You know what I'm always saying? It's so Come good. Come to two to tiddly pills. No evenings complete. Oh, it goes through 
just randomly pick one la guys okay bro we gotta do coffee i'd love to pick your brain figure out how i could use that's a good one yo king i'd love to collab on some content with you i think it could really help my career bro i could introduce you to all the right people no cap what's your hashtag? i'm about sick to death of yo, no cap is super i want to fucking punch people who said i don't hear it Hey, but too Unless, many followers uh, can't argue with that. I had this idea for like sarcastic. a music festival, but all the acts would be influencers. Would you be interested in something like that? I honestly think you might be the first guy who's funnier than me. I got two words for you. Viral marketing. Bro, we have to do coffee. I'd love to be... Hey, Ken. <laughs> Workaholic fathers in every 90s movie. Hey, this Ken. is good. I know I promised I your baseball game. Sorry I lied to you. <laughs> My work is just more important to me than you are, my only son. The ironic thing is I work for a toy company, and yet I can't seem to relate to the innocence of youth. Hey, but you get to see me on the weekends, and who else lets you eat Pop-Tarts for dinner and watch TV all day? Bye, bye, bye! Sell, sell, sell! Give me a minute, kiddo, I'm busy here. What is this? You wrote me a letter that says, Daddy, I love you. I realize now that I need to focus more on my child and less on my job. You know what? Mr. Johnson, you can take your presentation and shove it! Come on, son. Let's go have a catch with each other. Hey, you know, you know that was great. He's really good. He's 100% retarded. Yes. Oh, the white guy won the uh, dunk contest last uh, week. Yeah, I saw his dunks. Yeah. Insane. And my name's Matthew McClung, M-A-T-T-H-E-W. I was really balling today. That's why I won the competition. Well, I'm just happy to be hooping with the big boys, for real and for true. I'm a member of the National Basketball Association. Now that's neat. Who would have thought it? I got dumped for days. Really? This is all thanks to you, my lucky ball. I named him Henry. Last thing I want to say... If any of y'all pussies want to fuck with me, now you know I'm the goat. I'm the king. I am him. Fuck with me. You'll see what happens. My name's Matthew McClellan. You guys funny. He is. You know what to follow. Yeah, um, very funny. So that's pretty much it for me. So. Um, Last of Us, the show. I didn't watch that last episode yet. It's been a little slow, I'm going to be honest. Well, it was a flashback episode. I know it was uh, yeah. le- left behind. It's... The game left behind is what it is. So. Yeah. Did it intercut any scenes with Joel? Yes. Okay. Um, the episode before that I thought was good, but um, not. No, I don't, there's not not really any criticisms of it. A lot of people were complaining. You remember the they were talking about the we live here and this is a everybody has shared ownership of everything. And Joel goes, so you're communists. And he goes, no, it's not like that. And the the woman who's also in True Blood goes, no, yeah. oh, yes, we live in a commune. We're communists. And everybody's like, oh, they're trying everybody's to push poop, the poop in their fucking pampers. But then at the end of the episode, whenever Ellie and him make up and they're riding off together, she's like, did in the before time did people really live like that? And he goes, oh no, 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 the country's way too big for something like that. Right? He's making sense, and right. people just didn't listen to that part of. It. Well, no, of course not. I mean. Not for nothing, but the whole the message sometimes just they they push it really hard and it does turn people off. Yeah. So and that's why a lot of the critical drinker had this whole thing about Star Trek and he said they are tanking it. They are tanking it and they keep doubling down and people don't want it. Apparently Picard season three is good. That's what he said. He said it's great. He said it it resets. 
you know, so much stuff and everybody got to, you know, and I really want to watch it because I'm a big Next Generation fan. Apparently, Worf is now kind of a pacifist and they worked it in funny ways and it really worked. Gates McFadden, holy shit, I had the biggest crush on her. Uh, Beverly Crusher. It's the red lady. Yes. Um, she's really good in it. And then you get, uh, they just do it really well from, yeah, I'm probably going to watch it. But man, I tried to watch it and it looks beautiful, but it is absolutely some is unfucking watchable. The first couple seasons yes. of it. That's what I've heard. A deconstruction of this. It's just like Luke Skywalker. That we're going to take this iconic character who did all these things. We're going to make him bitter, weak. You know, the thing that f- like Ray beating Luke Skywalker in in a fucking yeah. in a fight. Are you fucking kidding me? You know that whole thing is absurd, and you know you can't do that. You can make him not bitter, but you could make him like. He he's lost some confidence in himself, and he doesn't know. You know, he feels like he's that's not a whole movie in itself. Him sure. getting back his confidence, exactly, and, and, and being who he back. is. But in a fight with her, yeah, you, you know, he can work that out in the storyline. She starts attacking him, and then he's not he's trying not to fight back. And all of a sudden, she gets enough to him that he just takes the lightsaber out and, he's and just throws her off. And be like, you know, you have nothing for me. I'm a Jedi Master. You're nobody. You know. Yeah. So, but no, they're not going to do that because she can't be beaten. She's with all her space Jesus Jedi force powers. They're going to turn Luke Skywalker gay. And that's gonna Are be they? Great. That's been talked about. Why would they do that? Because they're stupid. I don't mind. This a gay, is all. I don't mind a gay character, but you, you the, the retconning thing has to quit. For 50 years, he's been not gay. But now. Well, the thing about it about. is you don't even. Dis- they don't even discuss his sexuality. They discuss nobody's sexuality. Well, he had a crush on Leia before he figured out. It was his sister. Well, she he, she kissed him. Yeah. And he had kind of a crush on her. Yeah. But it was more of a plot device than it was an actual part of the actual yeah. plot. So the the romance was between Han Solo and, and Leia, which, you know, dude, really when he goes back and, and dissects the, the, the Force Awakens and all that stuff, he's absolutely correct about every bit of criticism. Like it's just. The drinker? Yes. Yeah. I don't agree with everything he says. For one thing, he doesn't like. He didn't like Finn Wolfhard in Ghostbusters Afterlife. Oh, oh, come on. How the fuck can you not like that kid? That kid Comic rules. timing was fucking on point, buddy. Yeah, He's I thought great. it was. I thought that movie itself was just it's great. He it's, talked about how much he, he said he he liked it. He said it had things that didn't quite work, but overall, it's a good movie. So, you know. Um, what else? Uh, I'm going to play the disc golf tournament. Two courses over two days. Uh, two rounds first day, one round second day. These are courses that the pros play on. We'll be playing from the short tees, of course, because mm-hmm. we're not good yet. Um, that should be fun. There'll be a lot of, at least five people that I know down there. Nice. Um, riding down with J-Mo in the morning. Um, uh, what'd you, we haven't, have we talked since the bloater appeared on Last of Us? I think we did i think you're in elena were here when we were discussing it it was insane it was you know it was practical yeah i heard a, it was a guy in a fucking suit I that's like why f- it looks so good i like the fact that it it actually pulled off the kill that it does in the game it just takes your head and rips your fucking yeah. top jaw off it was fucking awesome i mean i'd like to hear the biological explanation about why they get such superhuman strength and stuff like that i think it would be really interesting um, I've been, I'm almost done with, is it a feast for crows that I'm yes. on? Yeah. There's been, they've been hinting about Lady Stoneheart, but I don't know if she has a name yet. And the last chapter I read with Brianne, they were 
she was riding through with the Septon and uh, Heil Hunt and Podrick Payne. Heil and, Hunt, the Mad Mouse. Yeah. <laughs> and there was just bodies all over the place. And yeah. they're like, where do these people come from? What are they about? And I'm, I feel pretty sure that Lady Stoneheart and the boys had a little something to do with that. Hmm. I'm trying to think. That one I haven't. They were the yeah. people that uh, took the salt pans. They were the ones that overthrew the salt pans or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, I feel like Lady Stoneheart might have something. She probably like does. I mean, because they're building into that with the hound. The hound is, he's yeah. he's with those people. That was the last, like the last thing I read of Brienne was she was, a group of outlaws came to the end that they were staying at. There was all children. There was mm-hmm. nobody there but children and her and the Septon and Hal Hunt and Pot. Yeah. And I guess it was some of the bloody mummers yeah. came and they uh, just feathered him up real quick. <laughs> yeah. She killed the first guy and then the biter got a hold of him. Oh her. shit, dude. I forgot about that fight. The biter was eating her face. It bit, it bit a bit big a chunk out of her cheek and bit yeah. her nose off. Bit it, she bit said it. That his tongue's very long. What's I, he's able to conjure that to put in those with blood. Those commonplace things and something so awful. Like when uh Catalan was gonna be she thought she was gonna she was gonna get her throat cut. And she's like, no, don't cut my hair. Ned loves my hair. I mean, that was her thought. You know what I mean? It's It's an insane book. Yeah. Um, I haven't been really enthralled with the Dorn chapters until the last one. You find out that, uh, is it Ariane? She was betrothed to uh, Viserys. Yeah. And. It doesn't say it, but it says it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? He alludes to it. Instead of the instead of the king's crown, he got a different golden crown. Yeah, <laughs> but I like the fact that they interview, uh, introduced Dark Star, who was yeah. a, a motherfucker of a character, buddy. Dark Star. He's not the king's guard that came down with her. No, Dark The, he, the uh, king's guard that came down was um, his name was Eris, I think. Eris Oakhart. Yes. Have you gotten to the? Uh, uh, she's been. They tried to crown Marcella down there, and um, Jalabar. It's not Jalabar. It's uh, Jalabar Joe. Yeah, it's not him because he's he's in King's Landing, right? He keeps begging for mm-hmm. for shit to yeah. go back and take back his home. Tall Trees Town. Um, what is that guy's name? Uso Uso. I don't know. But which one? Um, Prince Doran's main guard. Oh, that's um. Area Hota. Area Hota. Yeah, they got rules. He's fucking awesome. Yeah. Big giant fucking going gray, but still fucking yeah. the, the man. Yeah. But they captured they captured them as they were trying to crown Marcella, and he had to kill Air Sokart because he just wouldn't chill. And did it quite convincingly. Just yeah. took his head right the fuck off. And some what happened to Marcella? Somebody they cut her nose in. Dark Star. Dark Star was cut her. On purpose or I think so. He was going to try to cut her throat, and then she pulled away, and he cut her ear off. Why would he do that? I don't know. Like he's still on the lamb. He's a lunatic. Like when they discuss it later, Doran's just like his dark, dark star. Is, his dad was the sword of the morning, right? No, no. He's uh, he's another branch of the Dane family. Okay. I like the fact that he says one of the best quotes is he's like, "You've heard of." Uh, Sir Arthur Day, me and the Sword of the Morning. He said, I'm Dark Star and I'm of the night. That's a fucking great quote. Um, I just think that he's 
like Doran Martell doesn't like him either because he's he's like with Ariane. He's just like, what the fuck were you thinking, mm-hmm. Dark Star? That's like you know that was, that was the one you know <laughs> that like, fucking guy. Yeah, are you out of your fucking mind? Um, has he taken the Sand Snakes yet? And fucking yeah, the Sand Snakes are all all locked activity. him up. Yeah. Um, one of them's like eight years old. One of them's very young, and one of them's a baby. I mean, <laughs> he's. He imprisoned them all, but there nothing, no harm is going to come to him. But um, I like the fact that it's kind of turning the the whole. I don't want to say girl power because that's not a thing. But when Obara thought she was going to be able to take Area Hota, and he's just like, "Yeah, you know, that's not happening." You know, what are you doing? Like you think you're tough, but I'm going to have to, and you are tough, but you're not going to beat me. <laughs> it's like one thing they did in the book that they didn't do in the show that they kind of should have was uh Cersei um setting up uh Marjorie. Yeah. For like treason. Yeah. For fucking other people, which mm. it doesn't seem like she does. I No, I mean, because that's a long, complicated story. There was torture. They had to take the blue bard and torture him yeah. and then all that stuff. And dude, the torture they were talking, they broke all his teeth out and shit. I was like, man, this is some brutal stuff. Um they gave he she gave like he finally told him what they wanted him to say and and then he went too far with it. No, let's not include them in your story. And like right. she made him change his lie. Right. God making uh what's his name? Take the black. Um like he'll confess to banging Marjorie too. Oh, Kettle Black. Yeah, Kettle Black they'll make Osmond him, or Oswald. It's it's either Osmond or Oswald. There's yeah. two of them. There's actually three. There's Oswell, who's the youngest one, who's really like really. Going to make him go to the wall because of this, even though he didn't do anything, right? Just and he's agreeing to it just so he can bang Cersei, right? Like this, this bit's that hot. To, you have to go to the wall, and she said, "I don't think Lena Hetty is really that hot. I think she's okay, but the Cersei in the book, and Cersei in the book is like she's the hottest, the hottest person ever exist. Apparently, well, she's. I mean. Like she has had a reputation as being the most beautiful woman in the Seven Kingdoms, but her wealth and and all that stuff has something to do with that, of course. Yeah. You know, like they get into it later that she's gained weight. I like the fact that she she says she's going to have the the girl who makes her clothes beaten because she's yeah. shrinking. It's like no, you're getting fat. Yeah, because all you're doing drinking. is drinking. <laughs> drinking. You're going. You're doing all exactly what Robert did. He was a, he was a miserable bastard because he hated everybody and couldn't trust anybody. That's exactly the route you're going, and you can't even fucking see it. Yeah, so that's that's a good parallel right there. Exactly, I never even thought of that. Um, these are very good. I'll, They're tremendous books, man. I used to hate reading. Like, if they would have signed stuff like this when I was in school, I would have hated it. But they couldn't sign that in school. No. There's too much in it. Uh, but I would have hated it. Just being forced to do it. Sure. You know, but yeah. now, now I'm like, give me more. I'm going to be sad whenever I'm done with Dance of Dragons. Well, shit, man. You can I'll go, start that. Yeah, go to the Dark Tower. I, actually, I'm going to give you the Talisman first. Read the Talisman because it's, it's a Dark Tower book, but... It's not connected to the rest of the Dark Tower. Plus, you want to get that done before that. That'll notice all kinds of stuff that's also in Stranger Things that they kind of borrow. Yeah, uh, quite a bit, actually. Good. Um, the Territories is a little bit like the Upside Down, except the Territories is pleasant. Hmm. So, um, yeah, it's like the best description is if somebody pulls a radish out of the ground a mile away, you can smell it because it's like that's such a cool. such an awesome, clean smell. Um, hmm. Like the big werewolf that gets brought over, Wolf. 
he talks about how much our world stinks and it like burnt and it hurts his nose. And he's dude, that whole part of that. I don't want to reveal too much. I love that character. One of my favorite characters ever in anything fiction I've ever read. And his story arc is so crushing. Sometimes it's like, I know the part when it's coming up to, and it's not his end. It's what he goes through before it. And I was like, this is so hard to fucking read. Cause he's such a, he's a big hulking fucking guy. Like gigantic, but he's still a kid in a lot of ways. Like he's young, and he doesn't get our world and all kinds of stuff. He's so good. Another uh, another favorite thing. Uh, Adam Bryant bought this for me. Figure I'd show it to you and let you look at it a little bit. <laughs> the autobiography of Hodor: My Journey North. Who the fuck wrote this? <laughs> So ridiculous, and somebody and somebody's making so many fucking so much money off this too. You know they are. I bet it's a good supplemental income. You're not gonna <laughs> not gonna make hundreds of millions or anything. No, but I mean it's right. it's very clever. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you remember my idea? I would be in the guy from NPPFR interviewing you, <laughs> and I just have to be Hodor, 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 yeah, Hodor about Hodor. this book. Yeah. Be like in chapter one. You talk about when you were a child and you suddenly came ill in the yard while the boys were learning to fight. Hodor. And you just fell over. How, how, when you, when you came back to consciousness, how did that feel? Hodor, 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 Hodor. That'd be so hard to do. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny. It's just. Sometimes these it's in all caps. <laughs> the crazy thing about it is, like I said, and I'm not. This is no bullshit. I knew he was saying hold the door, but I didn't know it was a physical door. I thought it was a door in his brain. Epilogue. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the people he's thanking. Hodor. Hodor. Yeah. <laughs> um. No, I knew he was saying, hold the door. I, I I either thought it was something he was told when he was very young and was just repeating it, and it was just a slice of something. But I should have guessed because nearly all of his characters have some role to play. Um, yeah, there, there are no minor characters in this thing. Not really. I mean, there's... If, you, if they introduce somebody's name, they're going to have something to do sure. with something. Right. They're going to betray somebody. They're going to witness something that they shouldn't have witnessed, and then they're going to get tortured and killed. I'm, I'm telling you, happening. one of my favorite. You're coming up on Dance with Dragons, where one of my favorite parts is where Stannis is marching on fucking Winterfell, and all those Appalachian Northmen are with him, and they're just fucking awesome. They're, they're fired the, up. They're the coolest fucking guys ever. I can't wait. Yeah. I look forward to that. Um, South Park is back, and it's uh, awesome. <laughs> we want our promise. We want our promise. <laughs> They then, really they, don't like Megan. They, Meghan they Markle. tried to sue. Not like Prince. Oh fuck that! What was it, Prince Harry? This this victim. Like that's the the PR. It's your brand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen the newest episode. I'll watch this. Watch that as soon as we finish here. But another thing they did. Remember the streaming wars? Yeah. Those short movies that they put out last year. Wasn't it when uh, Randy became Karen? Yes. <laughs> and. The the story is about uh, there's one stream of water that comes through and they they can use that to sell things and, and see sell I did them. watch a little bit of it yeah yeah you should watch them because I just figured out that it's about the streaming wars between HBO Max who bought exclusive streaming rights for South Park and Paramount Plus and Paramount Plus who made these two movies or four movies now 
even though they have ex- even though they have exclusive streaming rights, they're having to make little side projects with South Park characters, but it's not it, exactly South Park. That's fucking and crazy. They bought those rights for five hundred million dollars, and they're suing them. They're suing Paramount for three hundred million just because they have two fucking, or I guess there are two two part movies mm-hmm. on there. They're suing them for three hundred million. They're suing. They're suing Paramount, or they're Paramount suing, or they're suing them. There's Paramount or HBO is suing Paramount, and that's what that the streaming wars was about. Oh, God, they're so fucking funny. They don't and they nail fuck. everybody. I mean, they just well. There's the scene um, whenever the boys go back to school, and uh, Cartman doesn't want to go back to school. He wants to stay home. And, right. Time for ski. And they're oh god, it gets on my fucking nerves so bad. They're making them wear masks and stuff, and yeah. social distancing and all that crap. And then everybody starts freaking out at the school, and the cops get called in, and they just start beating the shit out of Token. <laughs> you know, they went back every video on YouTube or wherever that has Token in it. They changed his it's name Tolkien. in the in the title to Tolkien. So. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's so funny that it they is. did that. And imagine and then, the, being the person that had to do that. And then Stan, and then Stan, he calls him Token. They're like, no, it's, dude, it's uh, Kyle. Oh, okay. Kyle wasn't in on it. That is, and everybody's like, yes, well, Tolkien, that's his name. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't understand why he thought it was Token the entire time. <laughs> and it was Token the entire time. It's so right. funny that they acknowledge it without acknowledging it. I know. Um, I wonder if they really dislike uh, Meghan Markle that much. It seems like they actually like Prince Harry and are indicting her for, I don't know what kind of person she is. I ain't and I know she's that a gold digger, huh? I ain't saying she's a gold digger. <laughs> I, I don't know. She seems to be a perfectly pleasant person or whatever, but, um, and a lot of the hatred directed her way is, is racial in nature. Let's just be honest. Probably a little bit. Sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, let's say a little bit as opposed to a lot. But also, she's this whole thing where they just talk about it's literally the episode how they mm-hmm. want their privacy and they right. keep doing all these interviews and making movies and all this stuff, suing somebody for making fun of them. Shut the fuck up. You wanted your privacy. Here's your book. Wah. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed so fucking hard when it's he so said funny. that. It is. And I was going to say it's so crazy how they're still able to keep doing it, but. We the world keeps giving them more material, and they only do ten episodes a year. Mm-hmm. They don't fucking do twenty, twenty four, right. and they do it on their own time. They did two episodes this year, took a week off, another episode. Yeah, then they'll do two more, probably take a week off. It is absolutely brilliant. They don't need to do any more. No, to, all you like. I think if they would put out twenty episodes a year, like a lot of half hour shows do, it might get too much. It would burn up. Yeah. They're very skilled at reading everything. Like they're for one thing they're both brilliant. For another they're you know, they're un they've been trying to be canceled so many times. They're just like fuck you, you can't cancel us, you yeah, know. We'll just make an episode about you. you they're know? above the law. Exactly. Um and they make people I think examine things in a lot of different ways. So um it's like the thing that like I said, I'm reading the thing with Prince Harry. It seems like they like Prince Harry. But they don't like Meghan Markle, and I wonder if that's a prevailing sentiment that she's leading down that path. That's what it seems like. Yeah, but to them, but it's an episode, and I don't know what evidence there is for that. But it made me wonder if there's evidence for it. 
So yeah. I never, I didn't care. I didn't, I never didn't, cared about it. I, dip, I didn't dip into it enough to even give a shit. Um, I, I thought that the racism directed at them was unfortunate to put it mildly. Um, you know, it's just, it, it was a whole shitty situation. Um, that being said, not the racist thing, but the monarchy like being taken away. I don't like that. I don't, I don't like the fact that at one point there will no longer be a British monarchy. I don't want to live in a world without a British monarchy. I don't know why. <laughs> I really don't know why. I don't keep track of it. It's I just don't, a thing that we've had it's, for hundreds It's very hundreds British, and it makes me think of Britain in that way. Like, I watch old, like, I, I'm on this kick watching the... Uh, Brit box and I watch old Brit British sitcoms. Are you being served to being mm-hmm. in one of the, one of the first ones? And to me, it feels like I want to get over and visit that place before it stops being England and it just becomes America light. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The world is, be, is, is going that way where everything's just becoming so Americanized that every place is America. I don't fucking like that. Not that I don't like America. I love my home and all those things, but I don't want my home. I don't want all the places I visit to be this fucking place. Yeah. I want it to be different. I want it. I want to see a different culture. All that stuff. And some of the people you hear talk, these British people like that sack of shit, Andrew Tate, he sounds American until he says uh, certain words. And apparently that's an accent from from that part of England that he's from. Um, uh, that dude, man, what a fucking piece of work! Um, I watched a Vice thing about him. He's really not. He's really a nefarious character. Um, but I was like, that's just they just sound like Americans, and I and I and I think that maybe. Within my lifetime, you'll see a lot of places in England just start to sound like Americans. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't like that that idea at all. I don't like it at all. So yeah, it's weird. Yeah, everything's going to have a McDonald's and a Starbucks on every corner. Already does, but at the same time, it's like you know those are things that they have and all that stuff. But yeah, but then you watch interviews with people in the street in London and they act like Americans and all kinds of stuff. I'm like, guys, no cap. <sighs> It's so fucking disturbing. I like the fact that Scotland and Ireland remain themselves. They have aspects of American culture, but they are decidedly. I mean, their 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 stubbornness has helped them retain their culture. You know, they don't they don't they love like Irish Americans coming over there. Most of them, you know, and trying to rediscover who they are and coming home and all that stuff. But at the same time. They want they they like remaining distinctly Irish. They're like you know this is us and Scotland. Scotland's much as this is much the same. Although Scotland is man, from what I understand, a really rough place sometimes. Yeah. It's like the third world in in some parts of it. It's very like Appalachia. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I have anything else really that I wanted to talk about. I'm excited to go huck some frisbees in the woods in North Carolina. Um, it won't be too mountainous, so. That'll be nice playing on flat ground for once. Around where is it? Where, Charlotte, right, right around Charlotte. Charlotte, yeah. I I watched the playthrough of at least one of the courses from the short tees that we'll be playing from, and I was like, "This is doable. Mm-hmm. I might be able to, you know, not go plus twenty five on this one." <laughs> but you can't think of it that way. You have to think of having fun and you know all those things. Don't get me wrong. You know, no, pl- I'm not play your game and you know do your best. But I watched the video. Um, there's a guy who's trying to to you know get a certain score and he was on like a 
350-foot hole. And he had like a caddy with him. He's like, um, all right, it's 350 feet. So you want to leave yourself with what, a 10, 15-foot foot putt? So what you want to do is pick, find the disc in your bag that you can throw straight for 170 feet. And then do that again to get up to the basket. Mm-hmm. And then you got a 10, 15-foot putt. There you go. There's no reason to try to get there in one shot. You're only trying to get par. Mm-hmm. Do that. If you get all pars, if me, Adam, JMO, or Nikki get all pars on that course. Oh, Nikki's going? Yeah. Nikki's, <laughs> Nikki's staying down there with uh, Adam. If we all get it's pars. Gonna be, it's going to be colorful. If we only get pars, then we'll probably win. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I'm going to look at it. It's not going to happen. I'm just going to go there and throw some Frisbees in a place I've never been before, and it should be fun. There you go. All right, thanks for listening, you bunch of queeves. Um, I'm thinking about taking my um, my mics and my little portable thing and recording while I'm down there. We'll see what happens. A little supplemental. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Go fuck yourselves. Oh, God. <laughs>